and welcome to Real World Leadership, where we're bringing our best selves to life and leadership. I am your host, Susan Johnson, founder of Truth Enterprise Partners, a talent development consulting and coaching firm focused on executive coaching, leadership development, and diversity and inclusion based in the Atlanta area. Our vision is to inspire a world where authenticity, diversity, and truth are valued, and our aim is to bring out the true potential in people. It's what drives us to get up and do our best every day, and we hope to bring out the true potential in you. So thank you all for joining us. Today at Real World Leadership, we have a guest speaker on the topic of innovation. It's part of our series devoted to leader attributes. And Megali Axon is here today. Megali is a leader that I've worked with in partnership on her people development strategy. And Megali's philosophy is to lead from the front line. She has a frontline forward approach. She believes that change is constant. And she also believes she should leave no one behind. So in her world of work, her responsibilities include constantly looking for ways to improve performance and constantly and continually looking for incremental levels of performance day in and day out. She measures those incremental performance measures both qualitatively as well as quantitatively. Her team is vigilant at finding innovative ways to maintain performance levels as well as improve them year over year. And that's what really stands out for me. Her standout attributes also include her results orientation, as well as um, her, her vision and her strategy, as well as her focus on people, which makes her a leader that people want to support and want to follow. She has a skill set where she works to develop innovation for herself and for her team. She sets standards for innovation in her organization as well. So simply put, she's a real world leader, which is why I asked her to be our guest and be our speaker on innovation today. So welcome, Magali. Thank you very much. I appreciate you inviting me, Susan. Absolutely. So um, anything you want to share before we jump into our icebreaker? It's kind of a tradition here at Real World Leadership. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Again, welcome and I appreciate you inviting me. I look forward to our conversation today. Um, there is nothing that's right or wrong. It's all, you know, people understanding different perspectives and such. So let's go ahead and get started. All right. All right. Well, so we'll get, get started with our icebreaker first so the audience gets to know you a little bit more personally. Mm -hmm. On a personal note, um, share with us your favorite food tradition. My favorite food tradition is Thanksgiving. Um, it's required no matter who, when you got married or who you got married to, um, uh -huh. you're required to come home for Thanksgiving. And I make sure that everybody's favorite dish is on the table. It helps that sometimes they have, you know, the same favorite dishes or they're already planned on being on the table. But that way, everybody feels welcome. And it lets them know that even if this is not their traditional mom cooking, that I do, um, you know, care for them. And therefore, I have their favorite dish on the table. Awesome. How considerate. So if I'm a guest at your table, you'll ask me what my favorite dish is. And you prepare it or am I Correct. it? You prepare no, it. No, I prepare it. Oh, mm -hmm. Okay, very cool. It can that be red velvet, red velvet cake, carrot cake. It can be, you know, green beans, casserole with a special recipe. I'll figure it out. <laughs> so forth and so on. Wow. Well, I haven't got a Thanksgiving invite. That's really cool. <laughs> Lovely to make <laughs> I'll think of me this year. 
make people feel very welcome. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that with mm-hmm. our audience today. No problem. So um, audience, again, our innovation, innovation is our topic for today. It's always an interesting conversation as it relates to creativity and even technological advances as we navigate this fast-paced world that we live in while we attempt to stay relevant and stay competitive with the products and services that we offer. So as we're talking today, I want to make sure that we um, also hit on a couple things as we go through. Um, I want to make sure that we're defining innovation um, from your perspective, Magali. I, I have a point of view, of course. I think most people do, but we'll talk about that. Um, I would love if you could tell the audience how innovation um, is a mindset for you, how you've how you've evolved mm-hmm. your leadership toward innovation um, versus, you know, years ago, you know, a few years mm-hmm. ago, um, how it may have felt for you or been for you. Um, and mm-hmm. also speak about um, innovation and iterations and how it's applied to your to your world of work and any challenges that mm-hmm. have kind of gotten in the way. Those are some things that I would love for us to to spend some time on. So um, okay. please consider that in some of your your commentary. So just to start us out. So this meaning of innovation um, generally gets connected to tech. I think all too often it gets connected to tech. Um mm-hmm. But it really expands to anything, I think, really. For me, I think innovation is is a subset of strategic thinking. I think of strategic Mm -hmm. thinking. I think innovation. I think vision. I think um, decision-making. But certainly, for me, innovation is a subset as a part of strategic thinking or strategy. But I also think of it as um, innovation means new. So when I think about innovations, Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think it's just tech. I just think it's new. It's Mm -hmm. something to improve. But more importantly, it has to have a value of some benefit that's measurable. It just can't be new. We have this innovation. Mm -hmm. Innovation, it's something that's new, people would say. I'm like, well, yeah, well, what's the measure in it? So is it really innovation Mm -hmm. if it's just something new or if it's something that adds value or has benefit? So I think of innovation as um, new with benefits. That's my point of view, new with benefits. Mm -hmm. So um, even if you think about like like um, iPhones, you know, we get these iPhone updates mm-hmm. on a, from a techno- technological perspective and we get these little mm-hmm. incremental updates and then we might get a new phone, right? So like, innovations mm-hmm. are happening all the time. They can be small, you know, but it has to be a benefit, mm-hmm. I think, for it to be valuable. So I'm curious what your mm-hmm. perspective of innovation is. What does it mean for you? Innovation to me also means something new, but it does not necessarily, as you say, uh, have to be tech. It can be a new process. It can be a new way of thinking. Um, Innovation can't be successful if you don't get people to think in a different way, because you could be doing the same thing, but in a different way, and people just don't understand it. And you have to help bring them along and see you're getting to the same place. You're just doing it in a different way. Or, you know, we're changing this process because it's much more effective if we take steps two, four, and five out and because they're really not necessary. Mm-hmm. So, you know, innovation comes in many different ways. Tech is my favorite, of course, because, you know, I have the IT background. Um, however, you can't leave others behind by just going tech forward, and that includes your associates, your clients, and your uh, customers. So you have to bring them along with you. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And thank you for, for noting that for sure. It's it's mm-hmm. not just about tech. And I, I do firmly believe mm-hmm. that it's not about tech. It's processes. Mm-hmm. It could be product. It could be methods. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned not bringing or not leaving um, like the customer. Um, so tell mm-hmm. me more about how you go about that. Yes. So today, a lot of companies are you know taking on innovation in a digital fashion meaning that they're looking at it from a tech perspective, which is the right way to look at it if you're trying to reduce operating costs and such. However, as you do that, you don't want to alienate your customers or alienate some of your employees who may not be as tech savvy as you would like them to be. In today's world, we have five generations in the consumer marketplace. And those five generations have five different, very very different ways of communicating. Some of them are very comfortable on the phone. And they don't want to go through an IVR, use an app or chat or do any of that because, to be honest, they wouldn't know where to start. And when you do that, you're alienating them. And I'll give you an example. And this is one I use quite often. Our bank, um, which has been our bank for over 25 years, and my mom has an account there as well, has been able to, you know, my mom's been able to call in and she's able to use the IVR to get her balance for what's going on. Now they do two uh, method authentication where they sent her a six digit code in a text before she can do anything on the IVR. Well, mom doesn't know how to find a text message on her phone. So guess who gets stuck doing mom's banking? I do. You're putting more on me because mom doesn't know how to use text and I've tried to teach her and it's just not something that she can learn. Uh, You know, a smartphone is not something she's used to. It's a flip. And so Mm -hmm. things like that, people don't consider. And so now the bank thinks that they've done something better to secure everything. And I understand why they're doing it, of course. However, they need to figure out a way to do it for our seniors as well, because our seniors are not as tech savvy. Right. I get you on that. So um, as you go through, you know, something that's going to be an innovation, mm-hmm. it sounds to me like you're saying, OK, so how is this going to impact our customers from these different generations? Or even if you're a leader and you're Correct. making a change process, Mm-hmm. You know, what's my what's my population of employees and what's mm-hmm. that generational differences, mm-hmm. the differences that I have to consider um, before we execute on this innovation? Exactly. And, and bring your input in, once. right? Exactly. I had a call center once that, um, you know, I kept, well, kept being told that, you know, they're low performers, they're low performers, but they got the best PSAT scores, you know, customer satisfaction scores. And so I couldn't quit couldn't figure out speaking to the leadership on site, what was going on. So I went to visit and it was immediately when I walked in and I, they introduced themselves to me as the individuals did and such, I knew exactly what was going on. Everybody in that center that was working, and this is ironic, believe it or not, it was over 50 bots. And they were very dedicated to doing their work. So they did have longer talk times and they did, you know, have a harder time navigating some screens and getting new Uh, used to new um, functionality updates and such, but it's because they needed a little bit more time to catch up. But they they took care of the customers the best. They had the highest CSAT score. So we really had to work through that to figure out how to, you know, we had to to do it working with HR because you can't have different metrics by age, of course, but you can't have different ways of implementing new technology to different teams so that they can adapt more um, appropriately for their learning style because their learning style is different. Tutorials don't help them. They want somebody, you know, in a classroom face-to-face or in a meeting. Yeah. So again, you know, differences, and this really speaks to mm-hmm. your, 
you know, you have a diverse, very diverse um, team, a variety of different generational mm-hmm. ages, a, a very diverse population in terms of mm-hmm. um, uh, age, gender, race, et cetera. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's a constant consideration, I, I would imagine, for mm-hmm. you, because you can kind of get yeah. used to it. Right. But for some leaders that that don't think it's it's a, a innovative mindset mm-hmm. shift or, or thought right. around, you know, in any innovation mm-hmm. that I do, you know, how am I considering diversity? How am I considering mm-hmm. learning styles as part of that diversity? Yeah. How am I considering generational culture, culture mm-hmm. all of that? So very interesting. So um. How how are how are you guys, you know, iterating, um, and including iterate? I just gave, gave the example like the iPhone, mm-hmm. you know, and it's interesting because I think about commercials mm-hmm. like back in the day. I always had like Tide or something, Tide, new and improved, mm-hmm. and I always would ask myself, why didn't they just come out with that in the first place? And it's you know they probably would if they had the technology or the know how then. So there yeah. are these iterations. Mm-hmm. So tell me how innovative iterations play a part in your world of work when you think about you know, large scale mm-hmm. innovations that you might have to do mm-hmm. or budget or, or technology or know-how isn't there, but you know where you're needing to go. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to that a bit? Right. Yeah. So it's more like you have a phased approach because today with scrum teams and such, you, what you end up having is minimal viable product in the market. So MVP, as they call it, yeah. MVP used to be, you know, most valuable player. Now it's minimal viable product yeah. and it's sort of the complete opposite. And so when you go to market with a minimal viable product, you're going to market to get there first, but it may not be your optimal solution. You're fixing it, you know, with enhancements, weekly, nightly, monthly, whatever the phase is, depending on what your production uh, uh, timeframe is. So, you know, it's like you said with the Tide, why didn't you come out with the best one first? Well, they have to work towards it because they have to see how it functions and how people are reacting to it to determine, do I go down path A, path B, or path C? So, you know, innovation has to go in iterations in order to be successful. Because if you stick it all on the desktop, on the phone, or wherever you're trying to put the innovation in at once, you may not necessarily have given your audience time to adapt. Or if you do it with a minimal file of the product first, and then phase one and phase two and continue from there, you're getting them used to and riding the bike and improving the mechanisms on it. Mm-hmm. And getting some good feedback, I would imagine, mm-hmm. to continue enhance or maybe even change some thoughts around correct. what the, the mm-hmm. end game is, right? Yep, correct. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so what's helped you to stay in this flow of innovation? Is mm-hmm. it competition? Is it, you know, pressures, internal pressures? What's... How do you stay in the flow? It's a little, yeah, <laughs> it's a little bit of both um, because I'm normally moving faster than wherever I'm at because I stay abreast of what's. <laughs> Susan knows me well. I um, do. You know, I stay abreast of what's in the um, in the marketplace in the industry. You know, going to yes. industry. Um, you know, um, meetings and you know, CCW is one of my favorite. But you know, you go and you learn what the new technology is out there, what new processes there are. And there's always somebody offering you something to do something better. And, you know, you listen. Some of it you can actually do yourself without having to hire anybody. And some of it you do need innovation or support from a product that you need to uh, implement and put in the architecture or determine how, you know, you put it in. And again, some are simple to attach and are just web-based. Other ones are much more integrated into your architecture and require much more um, integration time. So, you know, I stay abreast that way. 
as to what's going on. I have my favorite products, you know, that I think are should be in every uh, contact center, for example, in order to make them at least optimal. And, you know, for from a start, and, you know, you go from there. But if you sit still, I tell my kids all the time, you know, when you stop learning, you're dead. Because if you're not learning, you're not progressing. And they look at me and they say, Mom, is that true? And I said, yeah, think about it. If you don't learn something every day, don't you learn something every day? Yeah, well, then it makes it true. Because if you don't learn something, you're dead. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. I'm, you know, constantly, mm-hmm. you know, staying True to true to my industry, um, mm-hmm. the specialties that I have, and just trying to stay a, ahead of it. Reading journals, subscriptions, mm-hmm. and staying ahead of the ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. And I do agree, you do stay ahead of of the curve. You always have something new that you're implementing, you know, um, and you have to, you know, to again stay competitive. Mm-hmm. But you're you're one step yeah. ahead by staying staying abreast mm-hmm. of what's happening in your yeah. industry and what's important and what's yeah. Important. But I also that's correct. But I also challenge my direct reports and indirect reports to do the same. If they go somewhere, if they see something neat or something like that, you know, come and share it. Let me know what it's about. And we've implemented things from that perspective. I mean, we have one product that we use that's voice and text. And it's awesome. It takes about two minutes off your handle time and it's integrated with your, you know, it works in an, um, it's a web based, so there's no integration, but it also controls your desktop and does all kinds of things to reduce handle time and improve your efficiencies. That was brought to us from an associate who used it personally. And now, you know, the impact all the time, <laughs> you know, yeah, um, I love text it. messages as well as, you know, mm-hmm. things I have to write in Word. I'm doing doing right. that more and more. So, yeah, I can certainly see that saving me time. If I can mm-hmm. speak it, you know, quicker than I can exactly type it. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just go fix the, the typos and put in paragraphs. <laughs> I love that technology. Exactly. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what would you say? gets in the way of in- innovation? What have you seen that can hinder mm-hmm. innovation? I've seen it play out in a scared. lot of different ways. But yeah. yeah, talk to me. Mm-hmm. Some people are scared. Um, and by people, I mean like leadership. Um, it, it, I, I'll take it from different perspectives. Leadership is scared because it's something new. It's something they're not familiar with. Is it really something I want to invest in? And am I going to get my return on investment? So forth and so on. If you have a good business case and you've presented it strongly, you should be able to get past that. And then you have the mindset of the associate. Oh, my God, I have to learn something new. I may not be able to adopt this. And what if I can't? Do I have a job? Those kind of things. So you have it from both ends. And that's where this constant change process comes in, where you have to help them adopt it and understand this is what it does for you. This is how it does it. Let them attend demos. You know, the the vendors always love to do demos and they do the demos to sell it. I want them to do the demos to adopt it as well. And, you know, sometimes I put that on my contracts so that, you know, when they're launching something like when we did with the um, the software for um, voice to text, Uh we had them conducting classes in our uh, contact centers for almost three months. The classes weren't long. They were just a couple hours, but it allowed the associates to be able to, you know, understand, ask questions and adopt the software. So mm-hmm. instead of just throwing it out there and say, this is coming on your desktop and you have to use it, help them understand what it is and why they're using it. If you're able to let them help you develop it. You know, mm-hmm. one of the best things I you know, or one of the best things I do, I would say, and I love doing is if we need an improvement, I ask the associates, so how can we make this better? If your handle time is so much longer, how can we make it better? You, you know, we, t- we did one, um, um, what you call it, task and one of my, um, uh, experiences where we had multiple call centers 
and we had over 13 applications, three screens, and the talk times were too long. So what did we do? And so, you know, I told them, I said, guys, we have to get to a single interface, but I don't know what needs to be on this interface. I need you guys to tell me how it works and what's there. So these are frontline associates, not like they're architects. They went off and did five different renditions of what they believed we needed. All of them were great. And then I told them, okay, now go collaborate together and bring me the best of the best. And we worked with them. We turned that over to our product development team. We put a scrum team in the contact center to work with them as they were developing. And it was the best adopted software we've had. Why? Because they had input all along the way. And it really was something that worked for them. And that reduced handle time. It improved CSAT scores, stress on the associate. I mean, it was just wonderful. They did it. Awesome. A couple of things I, I heard you you talk about the involvement of your, your front line mm -hmm. as part of the exploration around innovation, mm -hmm. as well as the um, opportunity to kind of see and play around as part of the adoption mm -hmm. um, process as well. And the whole notion around change is constant, which I know that's one of your philosophies, mm -hmm. but you know, you think about anytime we innovate, anything that's new, we need to think about the change management process, which is part yeah. of it is getting the buy-in toward the design, mm -hmm. you know, and the exposure to play as part of the right. option process and engagement, mm -hmm. engagement, engagement as part of mm -hmm. the change right. model that you're with any change that right. you're looking to do. Mm -hmm. Very good. Very good. Well, I think we covered a lot in our little time together. <laughs> we we certainly you. got some good meat, I think, here on the on the bones of innovation, um, new plus benefits. I, again, if it's just new for change for change sake, you know, mm -hmm. are people really going to do it? But they really need to see the value. It's got to be the benefit mm -hmm. in it. Um, how to get that mindset and that culture that you're working around. Change is constant. Mm -hmm. You know, always be looking around the corner to see what's next. Stay, stay in tune with what's happening mm -hmm. in your industry to, to know what's coming, how to get ahead of it, stay ahead of it. And challenges to build mm -hmm. in, the, in part of the change process with your people to test it out, give me input, test it out, you know, and let's involve them as much as we can in the, in the change. That's a lot. Exactly. Got a lot in there. <laughs> it's exactly correct. All right. Well, thank I you very appreciate much. you so much. I want to thank you You're for welcome. joining our conversation on innovation. Um, so as we get ready to wrap up here, um, I just mm -hmm. want to remind our audience that we are Truth Enterprise Partners, where we're helping individuals and leaders discover their true potential with consulting and coaching. So if you're asking yourself, how are you with innovation or where's your team toward being more innovative, you may want to give us a call, whether you're looking to enhance how you perform innovation in your organization or as part of your leadership style, let us know. We'd be happy to help. We have tools and resources to help you with that. And you can learn more about us at truthenterprisepartners.com. You can email info at truthenterprisepartners.com or give me a call, 612-237-1559. And Magali is an executive leader who has a very innovative team and her expertise is in technology and innovation. You can reach her at LinkedIn, Magali Axon, or you can reach out to her by email at aaxonm at bellsouth.net. That's Apple Axon, A-X-S-O-N, the letter M for Marie or Magali, 
at bellsouth.net. And her phone number is 404-401-2201. So we want to thank you all for being with us. Again, if you have any questions, reach out to us. We'll be happy to help in any way that we can. We thank you, our audience, for listening and joining in with us today. This has been Real World Leadership with your host and moderator, Susan Johnson. We look forward to connecting again with you real soon. Thank you.